This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. New systems for ARM, Shenway, and Skylake. Live updates from ISC 17. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into this special episode from ISC 17 of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, joined in Frankfurt by my usual co-host, Michael Feldman. Michael, welcome to the ISC. Yeah, it's a busy time here, lots of news to get to, and uh, lots going on, yeah. And let's dive into it. It's the end of the day Tuesday here. We're kind of in the thick of the show. We're not ready to wrap up everything yet, but one new thing leaping out at us is that we have seen some new systems announcements coming from a wide array of processors. Maybe let's start with the one that surprised me the most was an announcement from the National Supercomputing Center at Wuxi in China announcing they're going to productize something called Sunway Micro based on the Taihu Light system with the Shenway processors. Right, it's using the same Shenway processors that are in that big uh, number one system and basically the same sort of infrastructure. They've just productized it and put it in a small form factor that you can sort of rack. Um, You can build clusters out of these things with their own interconnect, which apparently is going to be based on uh, InfiniBand of some sort, but not quite uh, commodity InfiniBand. Well, that's kind of the same as the Taihu Light system to begin with. Right. We, we knew that they had acquired silicon from Mellanox for that system, but they never came around to saying it was InfiniBand. We assumed it was InfiniBand-like, and this seems to confirm that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's something like that. It's not. I don't think it's even quite like the one they've got in the big system, but sort of based on maybe some of the same technology componentry. Now, now we should remind uh, our listeners, that Shenway chip is a 264-core chip. It's actually a rather powerful chip. It's sort of analogous to maybe something like a Xeon Phi. It's got uh, three teraflops of uh, performance uh, peak. So those are two chips in, in one of these boxes. So you get six teraflops uh, per, uh, per unit here. And one of the things that's sort of interesting that was pointed out is, is you, it comes with basically as much memory as you want. I mean, 64 gigabytes all the way up to 256. And if you remember, the Tahu Light system was a little light on memory. That was done for uh, practical purposes. They couldn't put a whole lot of memory in that system. But with this micro system, you have a lot more flexibility with regard to that. So you, you get a little more memory-friendly uh, environment just by sort of going smaller, which is sort of counterintuitive here. Right. It, well, it points out that the memory, uh, lack of memory in the Taihu light system wasn't an architectural limitation right. as much as it was probably a cost limitation in terms of reaching that many. Yeah, yeah. well, it's 125 peak petaflops, and it, uh, as you said, it also draws a lot of power, but that chip, that 260-core Shenway chip, when you don't run it at scale, you can put a lot more memory on it. Now, let's ask this. Is this for sale where? Worldwide? This, uh, they will sell it to anybody. I mean, they're here at the center. They've got a system out front that they're showing. Uh, they're going to sell it globally, or they'd like to sell it globally. Now, who knows who's going to buy it at this point. But uh, the, the odd thing, it's, it's actually being sold by the... Uh, by Wuxi. The, the center at Wuxi is yeah. who's selling it. So essentially, they, this is a national supercomputing center. Right. So... Who's the vendor? The Chinese government? 
Uh, well, it's actually the center itself. I don't know what the arrangement is back with the... Is it a government center? <laughs> it's a government center, but it's state. It, there's some state investment there, too, so who knows exactly where the money's going to go. And who knows if they're going to even make a profit on it. There was not that discussion yet, but it's, it's interesting. It's basically a national supercomputing center selling as a vendor systems would be like Oak Ridge National Laboratory going into business selling going into business which maybe they should do I mean the reason they're doing that is it's not I don't think to necessarily make money they've got all the the software componentry the system software componentry that goes with this and that's sort of the critical piece they've got the compiler for the Shenway chips Um, they've got some of the basic libraries the MPI libraries the open ACC libraries uh, some of the other math libraries, so they're they're sort of the, the owners of of that technology, and that's sort of the crux of this uh, this system. So they're going to package that all together, and they've just uh, you know backed themselves into the into the vendor corner there, and that's what they're going to do. That Wuxi system's going to raise a few eyebrows, including looking at what the software ecosystem is, what the sales structure is. I, they've got more <laughs> questions to answer here, but an interesting announcement. Let's talk about some of the. ARM-based uh, systems that are out there. Uh, we've had a lot of news about ARM, including from Fujitsu. Cray had an involvement with the GW4, but a few new things, including a blade going into the Bull Sequana. Yeah, Bull actually, or Atos, announced that they're productizing their... They're basically, it's their, the work they've done with Mont Blanc, uh, that right. project. They were developing uh, the prototype, basically the, the third phase of that for... Uh, the Mount Blanc project is the project uh, that's uh, sponsored by the EU to develop exascale technology, and they were very heavily focused on ARM. They've been both been involved in that uh, with the with this technology, and they're going to productize basically what they're putting into this third phase. And it's 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 a bull sequana blade with an ARM. In this case, a Cavium Thunder X2 chip. Um, it's their second generation chip from Cavium, which is a lot more powerful and, and uh, capable than the first generation chip, and it's got a lot of good press uh, around here. It's, it's, it's one thing Cavium is aiming at this space, so they think they've got enough oomph in that, uh, that CPU to, to, be, uh, to serve this community. Now, we should also mention uh, Penguin Computing has also announced the same day they're going to have a Thunder X2 uh, cluster as well, so they're, they're going to productize as well. Now, the Sequana one is actually not going to be available, I think, till sometime next year, whereas the, um, the Penguin Computing Cluster for Thunder X2 is available, I believe, in the third quarter of this year. Yeah, that's part of the Penguin Tundra line, which is an open compute project sort of configuration. So right. that's one that could be a crossover between HPC and hyperscale markets. But again, more momentum for ARM, specifically with Cavium and the, Th- the new Thunder X2 that's out there. The big open question for me there is still the lacking software ecosystem there. I think Cavium or its partners has a little more work to do in terms of the development environment and what they need to do to port codes over from x86, but all of these supply-side advancements certainly uh, give a lot more momentum there. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and Cavium is, is driving a lot of that, that software ecosystem in this space. They, they announced a, a few things about expanding some of the software support for cloud and HPC applications, so that's definitely a work in progress, but like you said, there's a lot of work to be done there, but I noticed the ARM, ARM Limited and the ARM vendors that, uh, that license that have been very methodical about this, and they seem to be making progress, and I think uh, some of it is starting to show now. 
All right. Well, we don't want to leave out Intel out of the processor discussion, especially with Skylake here. And I think an interesting Skylake platform that's hitting the news is the first HPE SGI, essentially collaborative system that starts merging the two technologies with the HPE SGI 8600 coming out. Right. That's basically what the SGI ICE XA would have been. Uh, it's basically the Skylake up, upgrade to that, but in this case, both design teams worked on that. Uh, the HP, HPE added some of their software know-how and, and, and other pieces in there, but it's, it's basically an, it now HPE's top-of-the-line sort of supercomputing platform. The former uh, solution for that was the Apollo 8000, which now is, is going to go into end of life. They have a few customers, I guess but this will take over, the 8600 will take over from that. This will be their, basically their petascale platform for that going forward. We've seen a, a couple of other new systems coming out, and we can talk more about those in future podcasts. I think we've also seen some interesting liquid cooling news, so the new Dell PowerEd system with direct liquid cooling, also the HPE Apollo 2000. Both of those are cool IT-based solutions, so they're having a pretty good show, too. Yeah, cool IT's been in the news a lot, and uh, yeah, definitely at this show. All right, Michael, we've got a lot more to talk about and more news that keeps coming out, but good to see you catching up at the end of the day Tuesday. We'll be back at the end of the week with another podcast and more wrap-up news from ISC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.